Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. The Philadelphia Eagles are 10-1 and after a, an all-time overtime victory against the Buffalo Bills, 37-34, after a complete zero on offense in the first half, down 10, except for one drive where they marched down the field, scored a touchdown. They uh, completely turned it around. Jalen Hurts, four touchdowns in the second half in overtime. He was stellar. The whole team was really stellar in that in that second half. Um, and the Eagles march on as the league's best team, best record. It's uh, it's a great time to be an Eagles fan. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, just a, a truly like fantastic game. Um, you know, a really entertaining game. The Bills, you know, they're six and six now. I don't think that's anywhere near reflective of their actual uh, talent or ability. This is certainly during most seasons a playoff team. It seems like they're on the outside looking in, but like, just, I mean, a maddening game especially in that first half, like it felt so similar to the chiefs game where it's just like, I know the Eagles are good and they're talented, but like they just cannot get out of their own way. And then in this, in the second half, just, you know, coming out a different team, uh, coming out of the locker room, it's just, they really turn around. Uh, they're incredibly resilient. Uh, the weather was making for a really interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's like a that that's a game that like that that puts all those intangibles that Jalen Hurts has like full on in display. Like the 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 team's belief and his belief in himself really it seemed to be the thing that willed this game into the win column for the Eagles. But that's not to say that there weren't like uh, really incredible efforts on defense. Like I I really think it was like top to bottom like a huge team effort and a big team win. Like I think you go down the roster like, yeah, he had this great play here. He had this great play in overtime. Like it was truly just, uh, you know, a really great game. Like every which way, I think the, the defense really, they, they had their big moments, the offense too, even the special teams. Like, uh, I, I thought Josh Allen played phenomenally like that. It's it's rare to see uh, just that talent <laughs> displayed against you know like not a great defense but like a pretty decent defense and like that's just you know the Eagles as as they have a few times this season like it just seems like they did literally just enough and you know that that's what counts but I really liked what Merrill Reese said right after Jalen Hurts ran in the walk off touchdown that was like. This team does not know how to lose, and I think that's that's a good way to sum it up. Like this team has just found a way week after week, and uh, you know the, what's what's coming down the pike is you know biggest regular season game of the season. So they, I think the team's got really good momentum. Uh, obviously, they have the best record in the league. They still have that two game buffer in the NFC, so I'd say they're, if, if you're not an Eagles fan, I'm feeling pretty excited, like, I, I think you gotta check your pulse and make sure that you're, 
you're still with us here. But um, yeah, excited is my one word answer. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, we're we we witnessed a win that like a Brady Belichick, you know, Peyton Manning type player accomplished. Like Jalen Hurts is potentially going to be like a Hall of Fame talent and not to not to get ahead of ourselves i mean i i i i think it it has been you know about almost two seasons i mean we're past the halfway point here and you know we don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs this year but as far as statistically his first few years in the league like he's on par with those quarterbacks and and he's his name is now and and Sirianni like as a head coach quarterback combo or is being compared to all-time great Hall of Fame duos and players and coaches and it's it's like a special it's a very special time that we're in and they just beat Dallas, they beat the defending Super Bowl champs, and they beat another, you know, last year we were talking about, are they good enough to beat the Chiefs and the Bills? And they just did that back-to-back week. So different year, but that is extremely impressive. And to your point, they are now about to play two arguably bigger games than the ones they just won both for rivalry purposes for seeding purposes and uh for the division so yeah in, real, in real a lot of on, sorry I, I was just going to mention uh you know you point out uh hurt success and Sirianni I don't know if you saw this uh this stat but like of coaches in the first three years of their career, he's now one of three, including Tony Dungy and Don Shula, to have to to have gone ten and one to start the season. Like that is good company <laughs> for a guy who's in his third. No, I just think ever like in your first three seasons as a coach to go. And win ten of your first eleven. Oh, to go ten and one, not just after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a historic um, run they're on, and I feel like last year, at least I I felt more cautious and more like they gotta they gotta do this, they gotta do that uh, to set themselves up the best way. I think the the way that they're finding ways to win games, they're they're battle tested enough. They've won in every way. There's there's no real like test outside of just plain consistency against good teams left for 
Jalen and for this Eagles team. Last year, it was the schedule was easy. They haven't had to come back. They haven't really got punched in the mouth enough. They are they battle tested? Um, you know, you, they beat the they trounce the Giants in the playoffs. The they knock out Purdy in the NFC Championship and and leading up to the Super Bowl is kind of a bit more of a question of can this is this team resilient can they win a tight game can they win a shootout can they win in different ways and you know the the Super Bowl was outside of the one mistake you know Jalen was as as good as you could be uh, historically good in a Super Bowl so you know that the Super Bowl itself I think put those questions to rest but this season is far and away put those questions to rest if, if they were still questions because they've won in so many different ways they've come back you know I, I don't know how sustainable it is to be down 10 and have to come back in you know three four straight games not ideal but they uh as long as they're you know even or not not too far behind in the turnovers i i think they um they have a shot to to beat anyone in the league and this upcoming game against the 49ers is gonna solidify them as the best team in the league if they aren't already solidified in that way um should they should they win it so it's it's sort of a, I wouldn't say it's a victory lap post game, this, this Bills uh, game, win, because it, there's a, a long road ahead. But uh, I think it's a stop and appreciate what we're living through right now because, you know, he has a chance to be the Eagles' all time best quarterback, and we might be in, you know, year two of real elite play out of many and hopefully that's the case you never know what'll happen but it's not a position where week after week the eagles are the best team in the league have the best record (coughs) excuse me the best record they've had the best record in the regular season dating back to like 2021 something like that it's like some crazy crazy amount so this is not normal, and uh, we need to appreciate it. Definitely. So the other part of the game that was very impressive that they pulled out was right before the game started, there was news that Lane Johnson might be an inactive because he woke up and popped some uh, scar tissue in his groin from his uh, injury last year. Uh, he warmed up and was deemed not uh, ready to go. Yeah, probably t- a <laughs> probably the right decision. Work. Sorry, go ahead. Just just because of the weather and this upcoming two games against NFC opponents, I think even if he could have still went. You know, if it, was, if it was a playoff game, I, I, I think he probably would have played, but um, he's slated to play this weekend, and I think that that was the right decision to sit him against a 
an AFC opponent in a game that you didn't necessarily have to have. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think that was definitely a decision made with this upcoming game in mind. Uh, obviously, like, the Bills' win is huge. Like, that, that's a win that, you know, not that, that's a W written in pencil if you're, like, optimistic. So it's nice to get that win after the fact, especially. But, you know, the, the more important game is this game upcoming. It is uh, the team that I think most team or most fans or uh, analysts would consider the, the main rival for that number one seed. They're certainly ahead of the Cowboys. Um, but <laughs> I was just going to mention, like, of all the things to wake up and have a surprise report on Sunday morning like hearing that Lane Johnson is like suddenly in question like that (laughs) that's that's the one thing Eagles fans don't want to hear probably after like Jalen Hurts has like a migraine or something like unexpected yeah (laughs) every every time Lane is banged up or might not play it's there's always the stats their record with Lane without Lane and it's always you know extremely lopsided right um and it's good like it he was a he's he was full in practice today so all indication is that he'll be ready to go he'll he'll be uh he'll be facing off against nick bosa that's a matchup that we've seen uh for a few years ago now so uh nice to see that he's feeling better hope that you know there's no surprises between now and sunday and he's ready to go but I thought Jack Driscoll did a pretty good job after that, like, first snap <laughs> against Leonard Floyd when he just got dusted. Uh, or it kind of reminded me of uh, in Tyler Steen's uh, first NFL start, him just getting dusted by Mike Parsons. Like, okay, better better now than later. <laughs> like, let's let's get the medicine out of the way, settle in. Like, Jack Driscoll did a really good job. He only had that one pressure on the day so uh, a much better performance than what we saw earlier in the year against the Jets the Eagles load loss he was um, obviously a big part of that but you know he that's that's really stepping up it is he, he did have the benefit of knowing that he would get that start so like he, it's not like a, a surprise in-game injury but like it's not like he he had the whole week to prepare a starter he's he's gotten that with uh, a few hours notice and it's not like they can rewrite much if all of the game plan so I thought that was uh, a key part to them like not getting uh, not them like spiraling at his at Lane Johnson's absence Jessica really stepped up in a big way yeah I, w- I was uh, impressed with his play in the second half for sure um the the receivers got involved and were very reliable in the second half. I mean, there isn't much to talk about. I don't think in the first half the the defense gave up seventeen points. I mean, that's obviously not ideal. They yeah, the, the turnovers contained the run. <laughs> there really there were. There were a few drops, like there was a James Cook drop pass in one of the earlier drives that could mm-hmm. have been a touchdown. I think they ended up punting there. Um, 
Jalen Carter blocked a field goal. I think that was in the first half. Um, That ended up being huge. I mean, the the special teams – jumping around here a little bit, but the special teams is – you know, some of these plays are – obviously it's a big deal to block a field goal, but some of these plays are – sort of innocuous at the time and then you know as as it becomes a shootout they they loom much larger and that that ended up being a massive a massive play um but i thought Devonte smith had a a really great game uh he's very reliable especially on third down he yeah, he-, he doesn't seem to kind of like I, I've noticed that the last few games when AJ Brown doesn't really get involved, he sort of disappears a little bit. I mean, he did have the touchdown; that was nice to see. But it was really mostly Devonte Smith with a lot of the drive uh, extending catches. And uh, you know, you'd like to see AJ Brown take over a game a bit more, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really complain when one of him or Devonte are, are having a really good game. They're they're moving the ball and they have uh, solid, you know, reliable receivers there, and they continue to prove, you know, top top duo in the in the league. Yeah, the past month, Devonte Smith has really turned it on. I think um, he had. You know, those two games where he was, like, right on the verge of cracking triple digits, like, he had, like, 99 yards back-to-back weeks. And I think the past two weeks he surpassed that. But, obviously, he had that really big touchdown reception. He also had a, uh, you know, a few other downfield throws. He's he's just, like, really good at coming up with those big-time catches on, you know, those, like, need-to-have-it third downs. Um and, you know, AJ Brown, he did have he did have the touchdown. I think he's, I think he, this season, like defenses have really keyed in on him, so he is probably getting more attention over the course of a game. So, I think he really had, you know, obviously he had that string of like uber productive games where he was breaking one twenty five. I think teams have really started to double down on that, uh, you know, committing extra eyes and bodies his way but Devontae Smith I think he's really taken advantage of that um I really like he didn't I think it was his only catch but like to see OZ make that catch on uh I believe that was third and third and long at the edge of the red zone so I think it was like 20 29 yard pass like that pass to OZ like that I mean talk about a talk about Jalen escaping pressure extending a play making a great throw on the run like that's all like yes Jalen Hurts that's why he's why that's why he's the front runner for MVP right now to to make to to trust uh OZ to make that catch and then for OZ to jump up there and grab it in that moment I mean that's amazing we haven't seen like a role player make that big of a play in quite some time like, I mean, go, what was, go what back was the last time? 
Quez Watkins never makes that catch. Jalen Rager, obviously. Aguilar had moments, but I feel like he also had moments like Quez and Rager. So it's been a while. Yeah, so big time player there. It's nice to see, uh, nice to see him step up with, uh, you know, with Goddard out. You, you, it can't all be on Devonte and AJ Brown. So it is nice to see, um, you know, one of your one of your less heralded players to make such an impactful play and you know the one of the brightest moments of the game. Yeah, that that was just um you know the the improvisation and and you kind of see how the last 2 weeks with Mahomes and Josh Allen getting out of the pocket making things happen and uh it's it seems to be more you know it's more frustrating than it is exhilarating sometimes when uh your defense is on the field and you're watching other quarterbacks do it too. But uh, Jalen has so many, has made so many backbreaking plays as an Eagle. And that was just a very impressive play. And it's what makes him special. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that was probably the most unlikely couldn't believe plays that um i can think of in in recent memory so uh, as far as the run game i thought deandre swift had a number of really good explosive plays and that really extended drives uh you know kind of moved the ball across the middle of the field they were drive starters a, a couple of those long ones so yeah I think that was had, that was good to see he had that uh explosive on their on their first drive right when they did score a touchdown it was like before they went cold in the first quarter i think he he had a hand yeah and there was a big penalty that first drive but there were a couple other ones in the second half that that really got them going yeah and that's just to say like when this team has been like like bone cold like can't can't get a first down and like three drives like it always seems like deandre swift is kind of that he's like the match that can kind of ignite this team that kind of you know once they get that first first down uh, suddenly they like stumble into touchdowns but it seems like the past few games he's been the guy who's really got gotten them out of that funk when they find themselves in it and uh yeah deandre swift i mean he he would have thought that like what did did they trade like a future fifth for him uh a great find he's had a really good year like uh we thought miles sanders was going to be you know quite the loss but it turns out that like he can kind of just find running backs that team's are willing to part with for relatively little compensation, whether it's uh, on the free agent market or if he can trade for like somebody on an aspiring deal. Like DeAndre Swift has been a key part of this offense, and I th- I think he'll certainly have a part to play this upcoming week, and you know for as long as this season goes on. So I've 
I've been impressed by him big time. And I did want to mention, like, uh, they didn't get uh, too many snaps, but Kenny Gainwell, like, he had some good, like, uh, dump passes with the clock ticking. Like, I th- I think he just had, uh, let me see here, he had two catches, he had two carries, like, nothing, like, gaudy, but I, I did think he, you know, he, he played a small but important part in the game, and uh, Boston Scott, I think he's he's quite on the fringes now, but he did he did have two carries for 14 yards, so that's what I like, I like to see, like, use those guys as, like, very brief change-ups, and uh, it was nice to see Jalen Hurts, like, I think... Um, even though they they go to that draw, the QB draw probably like more than I think any fan would like to admit. Like that is one of their bread and butter plays. That's that's how they scored a touchdown. That's I mean that was the walk off touchdown. They that's how they scored the week prior uh, on a touchdown like that. When they have the numbers and they can spread out. Uh, their offense and then you know the opposing defense and they have such a good offensive line like when those numbers are in their favor that works and it works quite well it's just sometimes they call that and it's like mm, hated in the moment because like you you run into like a defensive lineman because suddenly there those running lanes just aren't there and you're 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 your franchise quarterback's going like uh, head on into a defensive tackle like don't want to see that but sometimes it's it'll open up and then you're winning the game with it so I, I think personally like that's that's the one where I'm like no not like that <laughs> but I think over the course of the season we're gonna see that be and we have seen that that is a play that can bring them a lot of good results yeah, the the last couple games, it's felt like that play has w- not worked fi- like five times in a row, and then it works, and it's the difference in the game. So you really, uh, in the way that they're using it, only need it to work once. So yeah, and then they've similarly, been consistent the, that way. Yeah, similarly, the other play that uh, has quickly became the bane of every Eagles fan's existence is like the the quick wide receiver screen, like the one that they've done to Julio Jones seemingly like twice twice a game for like a month now. They did a fake wide receiver screen that led to that Devontae Smith touchdown. So I, I do think like some of these plays that we have a tendency to like kill, some of that is setting up future plays and you know that Brian Johnson I know he's got there's been a lot of consternation um about him and like I'll be I'll be quick to admit that like I have been frustrated with that like it's nice to see how some of that stuff is paying off against you know playoff caliber teams um now I I will say part of I think a lot of the angst with this Eagles offense is it is not consistent. It is so, like, herky-jerky, and they can run really cold like they did in the first half against the Bills, 
and then they can like run searingly high like the second half and ideally you would love to see that spread out evenly over the course of a game at that point you would you would have a consistent pace of like all right like you know they have a field goal and a touchdown going into the second quarter but maybe there's some three and out scattered across that first half and that would be like a normal distribution it's just the eagles like to allocate all of their good in one half and all of their bad in the other half and i think that leads to um what a lot of these like i i I do think that contributes to like the luck that uh the eagles have been associated with where like the eagles just like they have that thing about them where like they just they get on this string of great outcomes but i what i think that's ignoring is like the eagles for large stretches of games cannot and do not get out of their own way it's just it's all like bundled together in like one area so i don't think that that's really like brian johnson it's not like there's a different brian johnson calling the plays in the second half and the first half if anything earlier in the game is probably when Nick Sirianni has a more direct impact on those uh, play calls because, you know, this the scripted plays, the plays that you see in your early offensive drives, those are the ones that Nick Sirianni is, like, handpicking and designing. And Brian Johnson from there is kind of calling them in the rhythm of the game. So, Brian Johnson, I, I think he's... He's, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to feel a little bit more comfortable with him. He's certainly gaining more trust from me. How, how do you feel in regards to like the frustration of the offense and you know the play calling and Brian Johnson and all that? The last few games being down at the half, I've, I've, my confidence in him has grown with the adjustments. I think both him and. Sean Desai have been really good at making halftime adjustments. As far as play calling goes, yeah, the the beginning of games have not been the most electric like they were last year. It's kind of funny, the the reports this week of uh, Brian Johnson being a top candidate for uh, head coach vacancies. It's like, oh, okay, well, now that that reports out my my brain chemistry's changed and now it's like oh he's he's good he's got to stay you know uh we we don't want him to to go somewhere else um so you know that to some extent consciously or subconsciously increases the the confidence i i have in him but i think the balance overall has been really good the last couple games they relied on the run the, the first few games and they got away from it and I just I, I think that the the team needs both and I haven't heard or felt like they don't run the ball enough lately uh, I feel like the passing game slows sometimes because of um, the O-line not playing as well. They had a, a bit of a lull for for a bit, um, you know, right before the bye and uh, to some extent in, in the past game, uh, especially the first half against the Bills. So some sometimes 
I think it's uh, situational is where he gets the the most heat. Third down calls, um, you know, first first and second down calls that that result in long third downs. Uh, so I guess game managing to to some extent. There's it hasn't been perfect with him, but I think overall, you know, the second half against the Bills, it was pretty seamless i mean they were obviously having a lot of success but i i agree you can't really separate the the you know the bad play calls or the bad drives or brian johnson the good drives or the players like it's all it's all um you know the both but i as as they keep winning have felt more confident in in him and the um, slow starts, I think, are, are concerning. The turnovers, you know, they've been a little fluky. Like, the miscommunication fumbles are obviously big mistakes and fixable, but the tip pass interceptions are, are just kind of unfortunate. But Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I think the, the tipped pass one... I think under normal circumstances, that's one where I'm like, ah, like over the course of a game, like sometimes you'll just make a like bad but not damaging decision. And sometimes that'll just come back to bite you. But Jalen has had a pattern of like throwing at oncoming free rushers. And like those have turned into be the like the batted passes that stick up in the air too long and are caught so like i I do i do hope that like that is uh, a lesson learned like that that's something that's on on tape that he has done previously so like don't want to see that mistake too many times uh on the fumble like that's it's like i know it's unfortunate but like that is so preventable like jalen hurts making a decision too late in a play like you you can just like go to the ground with the ball and avoid that. And I know in like the heat of the moment, like you think it's probably fine, but like you, I don't know. Like I, I know Jalen Hurts understands the importance of ball security, but it seems like this year it just like pops up. And it's like, ah, yeah, the Eagles turn the ball over. Like it's going to come back to bite them. Like they, it cannot continue to be, in the red on on the turnover battle um and there there was that crazy stat of uh the, the eagles gave up over 500 yards were negative in the turnover battle and i think like this goes back decades they were the first team uh with those uh with those hurdles to overcome to win and it was something like the previous teams were like oh and 39 so <laughs> Uh, it, it really has, there is like a historical precedence, precedence of them losing this game. So like, they clearly have the, the guts to pull it out. I just wish they wouldn't make it so hard on themselves. Like they, they are a, you know, by record best team in the league, uh, by, by the odds of <laughs> the home game against the 49ers, not the best team, but certainly top of the league team I just wish I could clean up 
with the, the turnovers. And I know that's like, you know, football for idiots, but like, it's true. <laughs> the Eagles have not played clean football. There, there are so many mistakes that they make over the course of a game that isn't forced by the opponent. Like they're just completely unforced errors. And it really feels like the Eagles are kind of uh, handicapping themselves and having to overcome those odds. And give them credit, they've done it so far. It's just, you know it's going to come back, and at least in a game or two, it's going to be too much to overcome. I'm I'm a bit conflicted on that because on, on one hand, they're they're doing it against the top teams in the league. So, you know, they they haven't... But those are the teams you're going to find in the playoffs. Like, yeah, we know the Eagles' schedule's tough. It, yeah, I mean, it's... just as tough, if not tougher, when, when it comes to January and hopefully February. Right. I mean, it, it's just, um, you know, the it hopefully won't take them a full half moving forward to figure things out, but there is a bit of a give and take uh, figuring out each other period and to, to start a game where if you're more even with it, with the team, it might, um, it might be a bit tighter and they've proved that they can make plays when, when they need it to, you know, squeak by another another good team. They haven't played a team under 500 or, or even in, you know, a number of weeks. So it's it's hard to say, like, would, would all this be cleaned up against, you know, the Jets if they played them again or didn't play them until this time? I, I'm not sure, but... A, these games are going to be tough anyway. I don't expect a perfect game because, you know, the the teams that they play are going to make them make mistakes or they're going to outplay them in, at certain points in the game. I I just felt like the the Bills were sort of true to their identity of this year, which is they they give games away, and you know Josh Allen was really good James Bradbury had an amazing interception at a at a critical point uh Jalen Carter had the the blocked field goal uh Bass missed another one Gabe Davis and Josh Allen weren't on the same page the Bills defense overall blew two 10-point leads there there is luck involved but there's also um you know, teams not executing. I mean, if if the Eagles were on the Bills side, uh, and and played that game, you would you would point to being up ten twice, being up ten going into the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, the missed field goal. You you would point to all these points throughout the game where, uh, you know, a Gabe Davis catch would have nullified all of that all of the mistakes but the the bills let the eagles hang around and the eagles you know defense did enough to keep the game close where the offense could uh you know 
with a 59-yard in the pouring rain field goal, tie the game and force overtime. So I I agree with you that they can't keep doing this, but I think this 49ers game, you know, these next two, two three games are really going to uh, show if if they can clean this stuff up and and uh you know it's been rainy i think it's supposed to rain again for this 49ers game so yeah. you know that's another wonky element to to this so yeah i was uh i don't know if you had a chance to watch it but the eagles put out the the mic'd up game day from Brandon Graham yeah i watched and most of it i it's like beyond it being like just an amazing game to have all that footage and all that audio for i had such a like time shifted understanding of the game because i'm seeing the uh the james bradbury interception and i'm like wait that was in the fourth quarter like i think that game was just like very <laughs> like very like emotionally draining i was like i could have swore that was like at the end of the first half or like early in the third quarter i did not realize that that was like halfway or you know 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter or somewhere around there uh so <laughs> i was just I was like wait what what it's the fourth quarter um and then similarly like the jordan davis chase down of josh allen i was like that happened in overtime <laughs> Like that was, yeah. that, it it was it went that play, then the Gabe Davis miscommunication, and then the field goal. I was like, damn, I didn't, I didn't know that all happened way back there. Uh, and real quick on the on the Gabe Davis thing, because I think people are like falsely uh, equating that to like the MVS play against the Chiefs. Now, if you wanted to find that, that was early. That was the James Cook uh, dropped pass. Now, people are trying to say that that was like the the Gabe Davis one, but that happened on a zero blitz where the Eagles are sending pressure, making uh, Josh Allen uh, to make a decision quickly. Like that's that's what there wasn't so much a miscommunication as him having to get the ball out and then not being prepared for it like that. And that's, you know, that's sometimes yeah, a better a throw. That would have been a touchdown. Yeah, sometimes you send a blitz and you get burnt. Other times you send a blitz and the quarterback has to make a decision, and sometimes that decision is not a great one. So I thought that was more of a a really good pressure, a good call by Desai, especially in a moment like that where you know they're they're obviously in field goal territory, but on third down, if he catches that, that's game. The Eagles don't even get a chance. So. Uh, a real gutsy call. I think in retrospect, like, uh, we, we may be uh, getting out the, the pitchforks if that's a touchdown, but sometimes that that just goes your way, and for the Eagles, uh, lucky enough it did. Um, now, the Eagles did, like, if you look at the numbers, just the, this, the disparity of time of possession and the the snaps like the Eagles defense could not get off the field uh third downs continue to be their Achilles heel uh they're really good on first and second down and I think that's in large part to their run defense 
And shout out to uh, Jordan Davis. Like he's just like mauling people up front. Uh, same with Jalen Carter. I think those two have like, you know, we got a second year player and a rookie kind of just being a black hole, an offensive black hole up front. Like that's awesome to see, especially late in the game. Like, you know, I mentioned that Jordan Davis play. I think he was running, I think the, the, whatever the NFL advance or next gen stats said, like he was running 17 miles per hour, <laughs> uh, basically stride for stride with Josh Allen there. Love to see that. Um, but they just, they gave up way too many third downs. And like, these aren't like your, you know, third and medium, third and short. These are like third and seven plus. So uh, that, that's a, that's an issue. It felt like every third and nine, Josh yeah. Allen would just run, run yeah, like 10 brutal. yards. Or uh, nine and a half, exactly. It's like shades of Eagles, uh, or shades of like Jim Schwartz, uh, what do they call it? Like picket, picket defense, was it? You know, when they all drop back uh, at the marker? Yeah, prevent. I don't know. Something yeah, like that. So I, I do wish they can like get that cleared up. It's just not only is it like detrimental to your actual, te- your actual team and performance, but as a fan, it's just like cut-wrenching. Like, great, you set yourselves up to get off the field, and it's another set of downs. Um, yeah, and what that led to is just the Eagles' defense played ninety-three defensive snaps, which that that bleeds into the next week. And now the Eagles are not—they were already down rest-wise, considering uh, the Chiefs' game was Monday night to Sunday. Uh, the 49ers, the team they're playing this Sunday, they played on Thanksgiving, so they have uh, a rest disadvantage. The 49ers coming on with a rest advantage and the Eagles playing or the Eagles defense playing just way Niners do have sense. a cross country flight. Got to factor that in. Yeah. But you know, they don't get that. Uh, it's not a one o'clocker. So yeah, I guess that so. would have been nice, but nonetheless, it's one uh, o'clock for them. Yeah. Uh, any other notes on the defensive side of things? No. Um, just a couple for special teams. Uh, Britton Covey, another uh, 20-plus yard return. He's turned into one of the best returners in in the league. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that coming. Or I feel like we all did training camp 2022, and we we're like, oh, this this guy's like, you know, was amazing at Utah, and he's going to be great, and then he wasn't. And uh, so, you know. It's a year, a year delayed, and uh, he, he Braden didn't make Mann, fifty three. <laughs> right, he's gotten years. cut. Yeah, Nick Sirianni joked that he's been cut uh, like two or three times, and now he's like the yeah. best re- punt returner in the league. Yeah. Um, and and Braden Mann uh, has been pretty solid, uh, which yeah. is great considering what what we've been used to a Sipas. Yeah, and, not, knock on know, wood, but he's he's managed to get those. Uh, is like you know sideways punts out of his system he he's he had right. a few and now he, he seems he to did be, shank the one yeah yeah i feel like he's squarely in like the 50 plus zone which we haven't had in quite a while but yeah th- right. those two have been you know reliable and you know how, how can you not give jake elliott all the love in the world i, I 
like it doesn't feel real that the Eagles lucked into Jalen Hurts and Jake Elliott just like um you know Elliott they got off of the practice squad or yeah the Bengals I think if he was cut outright or if they poached him off a practice squad but either way like he's he's certainly in consideration for uh the best kicker in the league right now for sure and uh third time i think this year he's special teams nfc special teams player of the week so yeah i think that's right congratulations that that kick like you can't you can't uh overstate how difficult that one was it's you know the weather's terrible it's windy and rainy so give credit for Braden man on the uh what rick lovato on the snap man on the hold and then elliot what was it 59 60 yards with yeah 59 adam like and uh did you get a good look of that like live i i think so that it was cbs broadcast they went like opposite end zone like i i guess that there's not a great way to show a field goal but like they they went way zoomed out and I was like, I, I think can't because it was such a far, <laughs> it was such a far distance. I feel like the further it is, the worse, the worse the angle is. But yeah, I, like, I thought it was just going to keep of hooking. What was happening? <laughs> I, I, even, I like, could see it. I could see it for sure, but I couldn't tell if it was going to land short or if it was just going to keep hooking right. Mm-hmm. And it turns out like if that was sixty-one yards, he probably would have hit it. Maybe even sixty-two. So. Uh, you know, it was just an amazing kick. I I sort of felt like there's no way. And then, I don't know. It's just sort of, now you have to expect Jake to hit those those field goals, and we're very lucky to to have him. All right, let's uh, let's actually talk about this upcoming game now that we're almost an hour into into the podcast. Um, 49ers obviously come to town at pretty much full strength. They, they do have their, um, safety Hufanga on IR. I don't know if there's any other notable IR players. So this seems to be, you know, this is like the, the game, the matchup, the, the act the game that was promised in the nfc championship so i've uh you know winning winning the those first two games it's felt a little less um i felt less anxious or less like desperate for this for this win obviously it's a big win or a big game to to win but i i've channeled all the anxiety and all the like you know, we need it for seeding and this and that into just pure, like, I don't like the Niners and this is a good rivalry game and it, who cares about the seeding? This is about, like, bragging rights and who's, whose team is better and all that. So I'm I'm amped up for this game for sure. I really uh, find, you know, Debo double, doubles down on his Bradbury's trash comments. Um, mm-hmm. You know... Purdy has, I think Purdy 
needs they they need to flush him out of the pocket, make him improvise a bit more, and see how that uh, how he does in that way. Because you know Mahomes and Josh Allen are are elite at at doing those things, and uh, you know Purdy has not necessarily faced that many uh, intimidating D lines especially the last few weeks, their last three games being Seattle, Tampa, and Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville does have a couple uh, nice pieces there, but they, they handle Jacksonville pretty well. So I think that'll be the key for the Eagles' defense. Um, you know, McCaffrey's obviously a, an elite talent, and uh, the Eagles have one of the best run defenses in the league, so I feel like they'll, they'll get the best of each other throughout the game. As far as you know, Debo and Ayuk, I think they'll 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 play as well as Purdy does, and hopefully they can get to Purdy and make him improvise a bit more, go off script. I, I'm not sure that that's a strength of, of his, so I, I think that's probably the key to to stopping this Niners offense. And the other area of big concern for me is George Kittle with. Cunningham with the hamstring, you're you're dealing with uh, Morrow and Christian Ellis, who you know played well in the second half last week. But uh, I think Kittle's a, a tall task for you know your your special teamer uh, linebacker and your guy that you know had three sacks in one game and you know, was cut a couple weeks before that. So that the tight end, the tight end on the linebacker situation makes me a little nervous. Um, you know, Kevin Byard, I assume will yeah, we'll have some of those duties as well. So that'll neutralize that a bit, but th- those are kind yeah. of my big areas of concern, uh, with this offense. Yeah. Real quick on Kittle. Like I, I do think that Byard's going to be seeing, um, the majority of snaps on him. That's what we saw uh, Dalton Kincaid with the Bills. We saw him primarily in charge of Travis Kelsey the week prior. So I do think they'll probably put him there. But uh, I don't think that <laughs> that doesn't make me any feel doesn't make me feel any better about the middle of the field. Um, you know that that's where the 49ers like that's where they make their money. Um, Purdy that. That's he likes to throw the ball similar to Tua, like in spots, so like not necessarily hitting receivers, but they 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 truly attack the middle of the field, and that that's where the Eagles are. You know, even if the Eagles are healthy, that's where they're weakest. But right now, uh, that's also where they're the most injured. Uh, they don't have Nicobe Dean, they don't have Cunningham, so they're they're down to their third and fourth linebacker, uh, and Morrow and Ellis. I imagine that they'll um, they'll have to add Ben Van Sumeren to the the active roster, so we'll probably get a look at him for the first time. And I think he's only seen special team snaps, um, and also Kyle Shanahan, like what he rolls out as far as personnel, runs a lot of uh, twenty one and twenty two personnel, which is uh, two running backs one tight end and then two running backs two tight ends so uh traditionally when that happens you 
you know, you do have your three linebackers on the field, and right now the Eagles really only have two, and they're both backups. So, you know, Kyle Shanahan knows that. I think that's going to be a big part of their game plan, even more than it is traditionally. Um, so I'm curious, like, what what their strategy will be there. I do think this is a game, this will be a big opportunity for Sidney Brown. I think this is a game where you try to bring him down in the box, use him similar, more, more in line with, uh, you know, a box safety bordering on uh, a linebacker. You know, if he's going to be trying to uh, stuff the run with Christian McCaffrey, which we know the, the 49ers love to do. Um, I think they're, they're the second highest run play team in the league just behind the Ravens. So even though they do have these playmakers and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, it doesn't mean they abandon the run. They're, they're going to run, you know, when they can and even when uh, you wouldn't expect it. So I'm really curious. I don't think the Eagles have a good solution um, to this, I, I think it, between uh, Sidney Brown coming down in the box, Kevin Byard giving attention to Kittle, I think what remains is just Sean Desai getting creative, and you know it, it, they're definitely going to get points. There's there's no stopping that. I think it's going to be a matter of uh, getting turnovers and you know, capitalizing on them when you can find them. Because this, yeah, this is the number one uh, offense according to DVOA. Uh, you know, Eagles right now, they're 17th. I do think that's kind of skewed because of their strength of schedule going up against all these playoff caliber teams. I have been encouraged by Desai, even though, like, you're, you're coming off a game where he gave up uh, over 500 yards. Um but I am I am encouraged. Like I don't think, uh, like what we just saw from Josh Allen was like greatness. And even though Brock Purdy has been like the number one quarterback by like tons of metrics, like EPA, EPA, and all all sorts of others, like I think that he has a really good network of support and Shanahan and also all of his skill players. And I think he. To give him credit, he's made a lot of good plays and he's made a lot of good decisions. But I don't, I don't think he's a guy like Josh Allen who can like will great plays into existence. I think he, he's opportunistic and he he helps good plays happen. But like I don't, he's he's not in that echelon of Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like he's not there yet, at least. So I don't, I don't, I don't like revere Brock Purdy. And I'm, I'm sure you could say that, or somebody could interpret that as um, people have done to Jalen Hurts in the past, which is just like like his supporting cast is what makes him good. And I'm kind of doing that to Purdy, but like, you know, Purdy the second-year quarterback, he has been great, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's been like challenged he hasn't right. been, and like, the guy who's had to overcome. And I think, um, you know, his, his not not to, like, uh, belittle the schedule, but, like, I, I think I just haven't – he hasn't convinced me that, like, he's one of those guys yet. So 
I think the Eagles defense, like, they're going to be challenged in the middle a lot. And, like, that's, like, just set aside <laughs> the angst because, like, it's going to be there. They're, they're going to have to put him in positions where he's got to make the play. And I'm really hoping that the Eagles can find those turnovers because, you know, he has had them over the course of the year. Yeah, and as far as their O-line, I think the Eagles' D-line is, is stronger. They they do have Trent Williams, who's very good, but the rest of their line, uh, you know, they lost Mike McGlinchey, I think, to Cincinnati. Um, their interior linemen are, are not, you know, too special. So I think that will be the key to... Uh, make Purdy uncomfortable and see, see what he's got. As far as the other side of the ball. I, real quick, I did want to yeah. uh, just talk about their offensive line. Uh, Trent Williams, obviously a great left tackle. Uh, the other four guys can be had. I think that this is like, this is an area where the Eagles defense can and probably will get to the quarterback. Uh, their other four guys are like mediocre to below average. Um, so unfortunately, Josh Sweat, he's got the the bad matchup. But like Hassan Reddick, this is a game where you get to go and like shut them up. I know Hassan Reddick was the guy that ultimately uh, like disqualified uh, the 49ers in the championship game because they decided to block him with a backup tight end. Like, this is a matchup that you should win. And if you can win, like, you know, he's already beloved in the city as a, you know, a, a local guy from uh, Camden. Like, oh man, if he can get the, if he can get the Purdy, make a big play, beat his assignment after he, you know, I don't think what um, he said was like rabble rousing. Like he was, like, how did you characterize what he said this week? Because I know, like, at least from, like, the 49ers, like, fans and uh, writers were like, ah, oh, like, Hassan Reddick firing the first shot of the week. <laughs> what it, yeah, like, I didn't all he said was be, talk like, is cheap. That's all he said. Talk is cheap, which which is true. I mean, I, the, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, Debo has his comments and, uh, obviously, both sides are really hyped up for the game, but the the Eagles don't create like new comments. They just kind of create like you know we gotta play the game and and you know see see who shows up and see who who beats who. So uh, I I didn't really make too much of it. I feel like it there. There's, uh, you know, Niner fans that I guess are prominent or known or whatever that are uh, making videos online and stuff like that. But as far as player to player, I feel like Debo is the biggest talker uh, of them. And, uh, you know, obviously there hasn't really been any complaining at, at the moment. But, yeah, I think... You know, Hassan Reddick knocking Purdy out of the NFC Championship game is probably enough for, if not the players, the the 49er fans to 
have uh, you know extra juice against him. But I, I don't think anything Hassan Reddick said was of of note. You know, I mean, I guess because he said it right after the Bills game, maybe that was why. That's why it's the first, the first yeah. uh, shot. But did did you hear that? Like, uh, so like obviously the last game the Forty ers play was on Thanksgiving, but I I think there was like reports even before their Thanksgiving game, like uh, I guess it was like some writer beat writer was saying that like oh no like this this eagles game like this is the one they have circled like they were already like mentally there before (laughs) they played against the seahawks like this is a game that you know i don't think they're ever going to come out and say it but like this has been on their minds for so long (laughs) like it it is uh it's interesting how and, like, I get it, like, from a competitive angle, but it's just, like, man, even, like, how does, like, letting that out in the public's like, embarrassing. Like, as a professional, like, I get you need motivation, but, like, you can't let that stuff out. Like, that that just makes it sound like you're not focused. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if I would have uh, let that out. Um, all right, the, the Niners' defense, uh, they... Got, they acquired Chase Young in the trade with Washington earlier in the year, so they got Chase Young and Nick Bosa on the ends. Obviously a very strong tandem there. And uh, our old friend Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead in the middle. I think this is a very strong uh, group. I, I wouldn't say they have too much depth. I mean, Randy Gregory's a name that we should all be familiar with, uh, with his cowboy days and, you know, former Bronco as well. But, uh, outside of those four, I'm not too worried depth wise, but you know, that, that is a strong four you, but, you know, compared to the Eagles, you know, Chase Young, Hassan Reddick, Nick Bosa, Josh Sweat, like two pairs of elite edge rushers and, in the middle, you could say, I mean, Fletcher Cox didn't participate in practice today, so he's probably not not playing. But uh, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter are a very strong center of the of the D line pair. So I think they're they're both comparable, and and you you probably have give back. yeah Milton Williams back from the concussion. Uh, hopefully, as well, he was a full participant today. And, uh, you know, the Eagles going against the Eagles O-line, that neutralizes their their D-line, you know, that much more. So uh, not anything to overlook, but that's that's the strong point of their of their defense, in my opinion. Their linebackers, Fred Warner, arguably the best linebacker in the league. Uh, Greenlaw has been there as well. Um, and their corners, they have two strong corners in uh, Traverius Ward and uh, Lenore. So they, uh, like I mentioned earlier, are down Hufunga, the, the safety. But they, they have talent all throughout this defense. It's a very good defense. I, I think the Eagles' offense is just as good, if not better, uh, you know, talent-wise. So it, it should be a really good really interesting matchup but i think the the trenches both 
Eagles D-line on their O-line and Eagles O-line on their D-line. The Eagles have the advantage in both of those, slighter or not. So that is a massive advantage going into this game, and they're at home. So I I do like, on paper, these matchups. Yeah. Consid- I, I think, considering uh, how good the Niners are. Yeah, the, I would like the... the you know, the Giants D line better, obviously. Yeah, I think uh, you know Nick Bosa. He's the guy who won. I think he got Defensive Player of the Year last year. So, um, Lane Johnson, he's going to have his hands full. But I don't think there's a tackle in the league I would trust more of, kind of neutralizing uh, an edge rusher like Bosa than Lane. Um, Hargrave, you know, this is a... Uh, I am curious where Hargrave falls in all of this. Like, is he like, hey, man, I'm Switzerland. <laughs> I was on that team last year. <laughs> like, I... To me, this is just strictly professional. I do wonder yeah. what... I mean, maybe maybe he's got some juice because uh, the Eagles didn't pay him. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't think there's any animosity whatsoever yeah. there. Like, I think he... You know, he had a great year. He got he got his contract. I think if anything, he probably is appreciative of how the Eagles deployed him and how those you know it was a they benefited each other essentially. Um, so I don't think there's any sense of the Eagles refusing to take him back. I think he could see the writing on the wall that uh, you know the big contracts coming down the pike from Hertz and. Other other drafted players, but uh, Eric Armstead he's he's came on uh, the past few weeks. He's had a resurgence ever since they got Chase Young, um, and I, traditionally, like I think, or at least I have thought about him more as like a a guy who has a hand in the running game more than like a pass rusher. But he's had he's had a handful of sacks like the past three or four weeks. Now it is notable he hasn't practice this week with a foot injury and there are questions about like is this um is this like your plantar fasciitis coming back which he's had issues with that before and you know there there wasn't any clarification given and he says that he'll be ready for this week but having not practiced you know they last played thursday he hasn't practiced a week later that makes me think that like there's a chance that he's not gonna play or if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. So I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Like he he could be like a surprise and active, I think. Uh, but I, you know, I, I am leaning that he'll just be uh, not 100%, but still playing. And then yeah, Chase Young, huge. it'll be interesting. Uh, Chase Young, it'll be the third time that Jordan Mailata goes up against him uh, this season. Which I don't know if there's like any advantage either way. Like. You know, seeing a guy that often, does that, I, I, like, I just don't know which way that goes. Chase Young, he got a sack on Mylotta in the commander's first game, and then in the second game, Mylotta, like, he pitched a shutout against him. So um, that's certainly the order you would prefer things to go. So, yeah, they got a, they got a good group up front, and then they're linebackers. These, these are the same guys that we saw last season uh, best duo in the in the league, I think most would admit. 
Fred Warner, he's like, you know, he, he's the linebacker that most teams dream to have. And then Dre Greenlaw, also very good. Um, and they, they go sideline to sideline, like super, super athletic, very talented, I think. Um, they're going to have a big hand in keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket, preventing him from having those, um, you know, when he kind of scoots out the pocket, gets a first down, like that's going to be a big part of their responsibility. And they kind of, they kind of vacuum anything up in the middle of the field. And their cornerback, Tarverius Ward, he's, he's been uh, certainly moving up the ranks of top cornerbacks in the league. Um, I don't know if he'll get A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, but I don't think he's at the level of, like, a blanket cornerback just yet. Like, I, I think he'll, he'll be competitive, but I don't think he's anybody to take anyone out of the game. But overall, like, their defense – uh, by DVOA is sixth in the league, um, so yeah, they're up there for sure. Looking at the Niners, the rest of the Niners' uh, injury report, I see Ray Ray McLeod had a rib and he did not participate Wednesday or Thursday. That would be big as he's their main uh, kick returner, punt returner. So that's uh, that's another guy to 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 look at. Ready for predictions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, I'll go first this time. I think you went first last time. In a, uh, I don't want to say turn of events, uh, unlike the last couple of games, the Eagles will be up 10 at the half. And that's that's my prediction, but I'll, I'll do one better. The Eagles will... Uh, uh, actually, I, I don't think I can predict that because uh, that'll that'll spoil my final score. Okay. Right, well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll the say the second, second part with my final score. Okay. Um, all right. My first prediction here is that the Eagles special teams unit forces a turnover, and I make this prediction as an opportunity to point out the huge disparity between the Eagles and 49ers special teams units. Uh, the Eagles, believe it or not, I think this is the first time I've ever uh, cared or Michael heard about Clay. It in my life. Michael Clay. Number one rated unit by DVOA in the NFL right now. So, um, you know, Michael Clay, I think he was kind of getting run – he, you know, he was getting the ire of the city. Then we heard that not only did he get an extension, but he got a raise. And it seems to be paying off quite literally right now. Um, and then on the other hand, the 49ers all the way up at 27th. Um, not good. So, yeah, we, we saw the, uh, let's see, it was the Jalen Carter blocked field goal. That obviously wasn't a turnover, but maybe on a on a punt, maybe we see a Josh Job tackle. I don't know who who else has stood out as far as uh, the special teams tackles. Anybody yeah, I, I I feel like you're right. Josh Job is sort of the has been the I guess like Chris Maragos. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'll go with Job on that. All right. 
Uh, my second prediction, Julio Jones will score his first touchdown as an Eagle. Well, it'll have to be a second. His second, yeah. As I as I said that, I I realized he had one. Yeah, well, that's he'll a score a touchdown, another touchdown as an eagle. <laughs> yep, I I needed to get um, one prediction right. Yeah, put it in the books. <laughs> All right, my second one here is a 49er commits a personal foul after the whistle. Um, uh. obviously, last year we saw Trent Williams get in. I think he just like threw Kayvon Wallace after apparently Kayvon Wallace did something uncouth. Um, that would certainly qualify. Um, but I, I just feel like there's so much pent up animosity, and it seems like the Eagles. I think this is in large part to the like Sirianni. Like he has this team like laser focused uh, and like focused on football, and I think the 49ers like. It seems like a lot of them are trapped in January and haven't been able to like move on. <laughs> so I, I just think that like there's going to be short fuses. Um, I think uh, I think Hufunga had a late hit on Jalen Hurts that went uncalled, like it was after he got to the sideline. Um, so yeah, I, you know I, I I'm not rooting for one here, but I'm I'm certainly anticipating one. It's a very emotional the- game for. The 49ers, I think. The Eagles, now that I'm thinking of it, I think have had two or or I think three straight games have had a roughing the passer penalty. (laughs) So, you know, that's that's something to watch on on the Eagles side as well, Uh, especially if it's chippy and the refs want to call something. Uh, My final prediction, uh, I sort of hinted at this earlier. I think George Kittle has a big game, eight catches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh oh. Yep. <laughs> All right. Still only fourteen points. Two touchdowns. True. Um, All right, my third and final one here. Uh, give me Brock Purdy has two turnovers, one from a Reddick strip sack, and one from a Bradbury interception. Uh, the Reddick strip sack. Uh, not only do I think it would be poetic for him to get to Purdy again. But for, um, you know, Reddick, you know, kind of not not clapping back, but certainly uh, kind of setting the record straight. I'm like, man, <laughs> like you weren't robbed, you lost. <laughs> um, there was no like tragic event that caused this to go sideways for you guys. Like you, you made a tactical error. Um, this wasn't like some act of God that went against you, which I think so many 49ers players and fans felt. Um, and then the Bradbury interception, I mean, you know, is Bradbury trash? I I think based off of the play we saw last week, I think he's still got it. You know, he's he's not the quickest, he's not the most athletic, but he is a veteran. He was an all-pro, voted last year. Um so I, I, too, think that would be a strike of poetic justice. I, that, that would be really, really nice. Uh, with my player of the game, I will, uh, though, prove your 
predictions incorrect. Well, not prove it, but uh, predict it incorrect. Because I think the 49ers will have a new enemy in Josh Sweat. Give me one and a half sacks and a McCaffrey force fumble. Ooh, I like the sound of that. So Josh Sweat has a big game in the game. Everyone thinks Reddick. Everyone thinks Reddick will. I think it'll be Josh Sweat, and uh, he'll he'll be a another uh, 49er hated player. Mm. And you know, if that's the case, it's most likely coming up against Trent Williams, unless they do one of those flip flops like they did against the Cowboys, which you know maybe you pull it out here just as a different look. There, I think. Uh, we, we didn't even talk about this, but the, uh, well, I know it's not Josh Sweat, but my mind went back to the, uh, the Reddick non-sack against Josh Allen and, like, the controversy of, uh, you know, Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, I saw, I saw the, Josh Allen was begging for an intentional grounding. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't want the sack, and, like, you know, it wasn't a sack by the rule because like he got rid of the ball before he went down but like i just don't know why the nfl maybe they will take a look at it this off season or like off seasons to come but like why does that not count as a sack like oh no i dropped it or like no i, I threw it right at the ground <laughs> like it's like when nba what, players I'm... take a uh, a full court heave just like a half <laughs> right second after, the after the, yeah so it doesn't hurt yeah. their shooting percentage right except that it's penalizing uh the other player like massively <laughs> um but anyway um my player of the game um a player who has came on recently and i, I don't expect that to slow down this week give me Devonte smith um, I'm curious who the 49ers uh, put on or how they deployed Trevarius uh, Ward or if, like, he even, like, shadows somebody. But I just, you know, Devontae is really he, – he's been the guy recently. And, um, you know, whether it is kind of like finding that soft spot on the third down or – uh, climbing the ladder in the end zone and making a big play. I think he's just been super dependable. And, you know, this is the game to have a big game. Yeah, and it's funny. Uh, it's hard to predict who's who's going to be the guy week in, week out because uh, they have, you know, a number of them. So, uh, yeah. you know, that, that, that would be uh, consistent with the last couple mm-hmm. games. What, what do you think happens with uh, Dallas Goddard this game? Because there there were reports earlier. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think he'll. I don't. I don't think he'll play. But I think. Uh, Give me. A I think he'll play like, in Dallas. Would you put it at? Fifteen. Fifteen. Wow, that's low. Yeah. Because I, I think say, he'll he'll be ready for Dallas. So like he's coming back from a forearm fracture. Do you think he really needs the snaps? I could be completely wrong in saying that he doesn't coming back from. I'm sure know, he's still in shape. Broken. I mean, he he's walking around. I mean, it's his arm, I guess, but he's walking right, around the locker like, room guess, like, like not like, injured. You know, like physically, like if you have a a fracture in your arm, like you probably haven't been 
hit on that arm. And I, I like, I just think if he plays, like they're going to go at the arm. And I don't, I don't think that's dirty. Like that's just kind of, you know, that's what people do. They test injuries. Yeah. And I just wonder if like he's ready for that. And it sounds like he's begging the team to let him play. So, I think, you know, I guess sounds like good I for the like for I'm, Dallas. I feel like I'm closer to like fifty fifty now. If he if he yeah. doesn't play tomorrow, obviously that plummets. They'll me. sign Zach Ertz for one game. Yeah, I mean Zach Ertz. What do you, I mean? I don't know if he clears or not, but like if he clears, he's one thousand percent coming to the Eagles. Don't you think? That would be that would be cool. Um, like that, at right. that point, it's up to him. Right. I mean, score predictions. <laughs> okay, so back to my first prediction where I said they'll be up 10 at the half. My second part will be the Eagles will also never trail in the game. Eagles 27, 49ers 23. Okay, wow. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if they're never down, and especially if they come out to the lead and they hold that for the game, I mean, that would be talk about statement win right sticking your chest out that would be uh they're they're due for an actual dominating win or like a solid (laughs) win where they don't have to like you know come back or i mean that that would be uh glorious if if we had a win that felt like true all the way through um all right my score prediction and we didn't mention this but uh as it stands, the 49ers, three-point road favorites, which I think is uh, still surprising, at least to some. But you know, we've gone over it. The, the metrics favor the 49ers. Um, I have the Eagles scoring 33 to the 49ers, 27. I, I think it would be – it would take a lot to pick against the Eagles right now, and I know that – the numbers don't suggest it. They do suggest that this will be a close game. I just feel like the Eagles, like, going back to what Merrill Reese says, they don't know how to lose. Uh, they'll be home. They have a lot of uh, – I guess both teams have a lot to prove based off of all the, the banter back and forth. Uh, but I, I trust Jalen Hurts more than I do. Brock Purdy, and I think – I think the defense will have to make a handful of plays, but I, I don't think they can. And I have confidence in Sean Desai to find those plays. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't really talk about it, but the the Niners are three point favorites. Eagles are plus three, and you know that's obviously on the road. So Nick Sirianni said it's good that they're underdogs. They like being underdogs. All that. I think st- statistically it probably makes sense like the Niners have had more dominating wins they probably led for longer they they have you know probably better offensive numbers I haven't gone in a deep dive of of everything they they had the number one offense uh, top 10 offense and defense you know they're second in the league DVOA wise like I I do understand why they're three-point favorites but I mean, I think it's also very disrespectful to the Eagles having 
won the games they've won. They're at home. I I I don't I don't know. I don't get as up in arms because I I'm already juiced enough for not you know the rivalry of it all, let alone the Vegas point of it. But um, yeah, I I think it's hard to pick against the Eagles right now, and I would not expect. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the Niners favored, at least. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy, but I, I did. Like, I didn't expect the Eagles to be favorites. I didn't. I, I thought it would be closer to like, you know, like one and a half. Yeah, but should have been a pick like Splitting hairs. More, more of a pick 'em at least. Yeah. All right, well, biggest game of the year. I mean, the biggest game of the year is always the next game, but uh, this is a a massive game. And uh, before we we, uh, sign off here, uh, happy birthday, Mike. Your birthday was yesterday. Thank you. Yeah. Um, The big 3-0. Yeah. any wisdom you'd like to impart? Uh, I don't think I don't think the wisdom has hit me yet, but I, I will say, uh, my wife gave me an awesome present, and uh, the two of us will be going to see Jonathan Gannon on New Year's Eve. Uh, this will be my first Eagles game. Uh, it's you know something that I've been looking forward to. You know, there's there's hard and expensive to get one of those tickets and you know it's something i'm looking forward to so really excited about that and hopefully we get to uh you know i am (laughs) i do i do feel uh like i don't want that game to mean too much i know it's the last game of the season but i also it's the second to last like second to last oh right right yeah that's right still i am curious what that game will look like yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it's uh not unmeaningful but meaningful enough to like, you know, see a see a real game. Uh right. but yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. It'll be nice to be there. We'll be doing our podcast from midfield after the game, so uh thanks to Jeff Laurie and Howie for arranging that and uh yeah the 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 bookend the your 20s are are bookended now and uh i'll be there in eight months or so so we'll be back next week after the 49ers game to uh you know post game recap that and preview the sunday night game against the dallas cowboys in the meantime for mike i'm ian thanks for listening